Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here on this gorgeous, gorgeous weekend in Michigan. In fact, I feel like I was transported to another state, don't you? It's like unbelievable what's going on here. But thank you for being here, whether you're a regular attender or a guest. And we trust that this series, which is all about uh, painting the pictures that God has given us on family into our lives in ways that we can understand. It's called InstaFam. And doing something very unusual this weekend. We, we, are, we are talking in particular to dads. And last night when I went home, my wife Roxanne, who's involved in the creative programming here as our creative arts director, said, it is so weird to have you giving a talk on dads when it's not even Father's Day. And I went, it's InstaFam. It's a family series, you know. Like the only time we can recognize dads on, is on Father's Day? And if that's true, you're not doing a good enough job with us on Father's Day. I mean, seriously. Uh, it's like Mother's Day is the only, you know, parent day that really, really matters. But we are investing in the idea of being fathers and dads this weekend. But I, I want you to be aware that we know not all of you are fathers, not all of you are dads or ever will be. Yet the principles involved in being the right kind of father, the right kind of dad, really do play into all of our relationships. You just have to make application. In fact, if you have a, a, a relationship of influence anywhere, maybe you're a boss at work or you're a teacher in a school or you're a leader, you know, even in a factory or warehouse setting, you can use these principles in building into the lives of those you have influence over. But it's in, it's in particular of particular importance when it comes to being a dad. And, and I have to tell you, even though it's not Father's Day, I love, 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 love being a dad. It's one of the great privileges that I've ever been given in my life. And I, I, I honestly can't comprehend my life apart from this role that I've been given. And I know not everybody's given the role. I get it. But for me, it profoundly changed who I am. It profoundly changed my life. It, it expanded my heart. In fact, it helped me realize I had one. Um, because up to then, I wasn't quite sure. It, it deepened my heart. It, it allowed my heart to feel things that I, to this day, have a hard time explaining. When, when our first child, our first daughter was born, uh, Carissa, um, it, was a, it was an amazing experience. And my wife, who is extremely creative and extremely thoughtful, had, uh, before Carissa was born, designed a special shirt for me that as I was holding Carissa for the first time, she presented to me, and, and the shirt said this, anyone can be a father, it takes someone special to be a dad. Anyone can be a father, it takes someone special to be a dad. I had never heard that saying before she gave me this shirt, and I wasn't even sure I bought the idea. I, I, I thought a father and a dad was synonymous. Um, anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad, what's, what's that about? And it it literally, and she had no idea it would do this to me, but it, it sent me on a journey of discovery. I, I, if I was going to be a person that was privileged to shape another human being, to have a daughter and then a son and then another daughter, then, then I should really know what this is about. Is it true that anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad? Is there, is there really a difference between the two? And I'm going to tell you, as I have taken the journey, I've discovered there is a huge difference between a father and a dad. There really is. And anyone who can procreate 
can be a father, but not everyone is a dad. Not everyone plays the special role in the life of another person. In fact, the, the role of dad is so special that there are people who are not biologically the father of certain people. But because of the investment they've made in their lives, these people look at them and say, they're more like a dad to me. Dad is an extremely special relationship that's not automatic just because we give birth to or a part of producing another human being. Anyone can be a father. It takes someone special to be a dad. Along the way, I've tried to differentiate between the two. And I want to share with you quickly some of the things I've come up with. A father. It's really an automatic title. To be a father is just an automatic title. You had a biological part in producing this other human being. You are now a father. It's more of a description of a position, uh, of an office we fill, than it is of anything else. But a dad, that's not an automatic title. That's an earned title. It's more of a personal description of how we played the role of father. What we did with these kids that were put into our lives. And, and I know you can hear it. There's a big difference between he's my father, he's my dad. There's just a big difference. A father is based upon rights. I mean, I had you or I adopted you. I am your father. And I always want to say Luke after that, but I, I'm not so sure I should. I, I, I am your father. And that comes with the idea, even the way it said, you know, I had you, I adopted you, I am your father. It comes with the idea of authority, doesn't it? It comes with the idea of power and control and rights. And this is why those who fill the position of father well, and there are many who do, they, they often say, because I said so. I mean, that's a, talk about a phrase that is very father-esque, because I said so. I have a picture of a father. When it comes to this thing based on rights. Uh, my picture of father is that he's, he's sitting on a lazy boy, right? And, and, you know, in my dream version of this, it's this big leather version lazy boy, you know, with all the toys. But in my real life version, in the home I was growing up in, it was this chintzy little green vinyl thing. And... and my dad had put duct tape on all the places that had cuts on it, you know, and it's like, but the, my picture of father is really sitting in his lazy boy, reading the paper or watching TV, in particular the news, while the kids play around or while the family spins around him, ruling the family from his throne. Cheap little lazy boy, right? The dad is very different. The father's based on rights. The dad is based on a relationship. Very different concepts. Uh, The dad title, in fact, isn't really spoken by kids, not with heart, not with meaning, unless there's been a real positive relationship developed. It, It requires, dad, more of an active and personal investment in the kids. It requires more of an active and personal involvement with the child. It requires time, hanging out, doing life with. And when that title, dad, is genuinely earned through relationship, it comes with feelings of intimacy. You can, you can hear it in the tone when it's spoken. It's, it's wrapped and dripping with pride. He's my dad. It's a big deal. A father 
is known for providing physical needs. In fact, it's one of their primary responsibilities. A, a father, someone who takes the role, the right, seriously, sees his responsibility as providing for the external needs of his children. Of course, a good father provides clothing and shelter and food and, and education and security and protection and all those different things. And, and a good father, at least, someone who plays the role with responsibility, feels that responsibility in a big way. I've got to provide for the needs of this child, the external needs. It kind of defines that person. And in fact, for me, and this is going to, you know, I know I tell a little bit too much on myself, lose respect every single weekend. Um, and so I can't imagine where I'm going to be at when I finish this ministry, you know, 30, 40, 50 years from now. But um, when, when Carissa was born, this first child, you know, you would have thought I would have come up with some profound thing to say, you know, some really profound thing, like, wow, this is, you know, magical, or this is unbelievable, or look at my beautiful, precious wife and say, what you just did, I would never want to go through ever, or something like that, you know? But, but instead, these were literally the first words out of my mouth when Chris was born. You know, they hand me this baby, and I'm looking, and, and I go, well, I guess I have to pay for the first wedding, I mean, seriously, I am one sad human being. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But, but what I was doing is I was, I was seeing myself now defined by a different responsibility, right? I mean, I have to meet the external needs of this, this new human being and, and all that that involves. But a dad is very different. A, a dad sees, obviously, themselves responsible for the external needs of a child, but a dad takes it far, far more seriously when it comes to providing for the emotional needs of their kids. They, they understand that just because you provide for the external needs doesn't mean you're done. In fact, kids can have a very incomplete and unhappy and unsatisfying childhood if, if their internal needs aren't met, even if they have everything in the world. And I've seen this often near my family and far from my family. I have seen... Parents who give their kids every single external need and beyond they could, and the kids are still miserable. Miserable. A good dad focuses on providing for the emotional needs, you know, unconditional love and emotional security and encouragement and, and happiness and those kind of things. There's a difference between a father and a dad, a big difference. And here's the truth that I want to give this weekend, and it's a truth that I believe should impact every one of us who have the privilege of being a father. And it's something that should influence all of us in the way we do relationships. The goal of every father should be to become a dad. The goal of every father should be to take this thing that's automatic because we were just a part of procreation, the, to take this, this right of position that we now have as father, to take the responsibility that we have to provide for the external needs of our kids, and to go further and deeper with it, to become a dad. And just so you know, this isn't, you know, Brad Powell spinning out his own experiences and trying to use you as his cathartic counselors. Um, he, he, uh, God is the great example here. God provides this as the great example of what we should be. I, in fact, I believe because of the example of God, the entire journey of those of us who have been given the privilege of being father, of having that role, the entire journey should be to always be seeking to become a dad. 
And I'm still in this process today with my kids, even though they're adults. Because look at God. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15 and 16. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. You know, you don't have to live in fear of this autocratic father up there who's in a position of power. But you've received, instead, the spirit of sonship. And by that spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if you came to age in the 70s, then, then you don't need for me to tell you what Abba is. Um, it's, a, it's a Swedish pop group that sang Dancing Queen, right? I mean, who doesn't know that? But that's absolutely irrelevant to what's being said in the Bible. Uh, you have to be on LSD flashbacks in order to think that, in fact. Um, eh, Abba, in the Bible, yes, I did just say that. Get over it and let's move on, okay? <laughs> Abba is, in a literal sense, um, a word that speaks of father. In fact, it's an Aramaic word that literally was used to express an especially close and meaningful and intimate relationship with the person who had position of father. It was a term of endearment used by young children of their fathers and young children of their loving mentors or young children or even adults of those who were their respected mentors. Abba, father. In fact, it really has a clear connection to our word dad or daddy, this intimate word of endearment. And that's why the translators leave it in there. Abba, father, it's it's not just a father positionally, it's a daddy relationally, and this is who God is. Realize, when we are God's children, and I know not all of us are, not all of us have come to the place where we're willing to surrender our lives and put our faith in Jesus. We need to be if we're going to experience life like it is. We need to be if we want to know God as Father. But know this, when we are God's children, when he is our Father in position, he is our Heavenly Father, our authority, the one who has the right and power to call the shots in our lives. He's the one who provides our needs. But as this Father in heaven, he can seem rather busy. Because as the Father in heaven, we know he's like, you know, like Lord of the universe. And he's got all kinds of things going on in his life. And he can seem rather busy. And he's Father in heaven, so rather distant and rather involved. He, he can actually appear to us as sitting in his lazy boy and watching the family and the world spin around him and not really involved in our life. But what God communicates is, yes, I am Father, but I'm also Abba Father. Like a daddy, he's saying, I'm personally involved in your everyday lives. I'm willing to be, if you'd let me. I, I'm, I'm not doing life distant from you. I'm doing life always present with you, if you just recognize it. I'm actively participating and compassionately and lovingly providing for not just your external needs, but I'm there to help you find joy and contentment and value and security and love. And so he's both father and dad, Abba Father. And here's the reality. It's important for us to know God in both ways, isn't it? It's, it's very important for us to know that he is father he is the one who is in control. He is the one who has the position of authority over us. He is the one uh, who always knows what's right. God the Father knows what's right. But he's also daddy. And unfortunately, most of us don't know him in both ways. Some of us know him as father, this autocrat 
who's up there powering up on us. And others of us know him as daddy and we think that he wants us to jump in his lap and, and give him kisses even when we're rebelling against him and we don't do anything he asks us to do. And the truth is the only way we can know God properly is if we know him as father and daddy, Abba Father. And here's what I want you to see this weekend. Every single earthly child needs not just to have a father, but needs to have a daddy, a father and a daddy. And so here's what I want to do this weekend. I want to answer the question that I've been traveling through ever since Roxanne gave me that shirt. Anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a daddy. I, I want to talk about what it takes to go from being just a father to becoming a dad. What's it take? And there's application in all of our relationships, but boy, it's big when it comes to being a dad. The first thing is this. We must love our children like, like a dad. If we're going to ultimately, truly go from just being a positional father to a relational dad, then we need to love our children like a dad. Our love needs to become personal and intimate and transparent and relational. Look at God the Father, Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying... I have loved you with an everlasting love. I mean, this all-defining love that doesn't go away. And then he says, I've drawn you with loving kindness. I, I, I love that part of the verse because he's saying, look it, I didn't think I was going to draw you when I spoke with authority. I didn't think I was going to draw you when I sent the lightning and I sent the whirlwind. But, but the way I tried to draw you and, and attract you into relationship with me was with my loving kindness. He's saying, yes, I'm the father, but I want to be a dad to you. And this is what we have to do if we're going to become relationally impacting in the lives of our kids. Our authority and our position, though important and right, will never attract our kids to us. It's our love that will make us the dad. And this love comes up with all kinds of different pieces. I thought this was so important that I would just I would take apart the pieces of the puzzle that define God's love and I would apply them to us, right? And so the, the first thing I see is God's love, his dad-like love, is seen through his acceptance, acceptance of us. It, it probably is, in my mind at least, what kids need most from their fathers. The reason they need us to be dads is because they desperately need in this world acceptance, because just think about this. In this world, they are usually accepted or rejected based upon external things, right? Their looks, their abilities, their talents, their success, or their failure. And they need their fathers to accept them, not for what they do and don't do, but for who they are. Not for whether or not they're doing well in sports or doing well in school or be successful at whatever they try, but... They, they need their fathers to accept them for who they are. And that's what makes a father a dad. So many fathers just don't communicate this. And I, I think most fathers want to be a dad, but many fathers communicate acceptance when the kid's doing great and kind of pull away when the kid's not doing well. When we overemphasize success in sports or success in school or getting certain grades or doing certain things or fulfilling certain responsibilities, what we're telling them is, I love you for what you do for me instead of loving you for who you are. And this changes how we communicate about our fathers. He's my father. Or he's my dad. Acceptance. Thankfully, 
God accepts us. Look at Ephesians 1, 3, and 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to the praise of his glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. God loves us like a dad. He gives us acceptance. Comfort is another piece of God's love puzzle. Comfort. And comfort comes with the sense of providing security and and healing and encouragement. And think about in the life of our children the disappointments they face and the hurts they face and the failures they face. And who is it? I mean, come on. I mean, I'll give you a hint. We're going to celebrate them next week. Who is it? Who is it that the kids usually scream for when they're facing a disappointment or a hurt or a failure? Who is it that they scream for? Mom. Yeah. Who is it that... Eight foot, nine inch, 450 pound football players. Talk to the camera too when they're on camera. Why? Because this idea of comfort is usually attributed to mom. And, and by the way, who is correction and advice usually, you know, attributed to? Dad. In fact, this is how it is. Wait till your dad comes home. You've never seen the fury of hell unleashed until you see him come home and hear about this. It's like, oh my gosh. But the truth is, dads do have to provide correction, as do moms, and advice, as do moms. But it's also true that dads have to provide comfort, as do moms. In fact, here's what I found. None of my advice and none of my correction has much weight or influence or impact at all unless I have first built a relationship on comfort and encouragement. On that kind of love. Because it draws them close. God said it. I draw them by my loving kindness. Not by my authority. Not by my corrective teaching. Look at God in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. He's God the Father. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of compassion. It's not just a mom's quality. And the God of all comfort. He, our Heavenly Father, comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. If we're going to love like a dad, we need to provide comfort. We also need to provide appreciation. Appreciation. While a father has every right to expect things from his kids, a father needs to express gratitude when his kids make the investment. And this is what I found is often lacking. We lay down our expectation for our kids because we expect it from them. They're supposed to give it to us. We, after all, we put a roof over your head and we put food on your plate. You know all this crap fathers say. And I'm one, so I've said more crap than most fathers probably. But here's the thing. Very seldom when they live up to the expectation do we say, you know, thank you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate how grateful I am for the fact that you invest against me and you help me the way you do. Do you know... Giving orders does not create attraction to us, but saying thank you and being grateful and expressing appreciation does. We need to love like a dad. Look at how God does it in Matthew 25, verse 21. Uh, The master is a metaphor for God in this story. And it says, his master, God replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We owe God our lives. He created us. He's redeemed us. He should be able to expect everything from us. And yet, what does this God do when we come through? He says, man, great job. I really appreciate you. Thanks for doing that. 
In fact, I'm going to increase your responsibilities because I appreciate what you've done. That's a big deal. We should do it with our kids. You want to be a dad? You need to. You know what else? It takes affirmation. Affirmation. Different than appreciation. This deals with positively noticing and approving the interior qualities of our kids' lives. You know, noticing and affirming, not just what they do on the outside. Good job getting that A, or good job throwing that football, or good job playing the right sport, golf, that kind of stuff. It's like, this deals with noticing the interior qualities, who they are on the inside. Because when we notice who they are on the inside, it bolsters their confidence and their courage. It reinforces a positive view of themselves and a positive direction in their life. Look at how God the Father did it with Jesus in Matthew 3.17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Look at Jesus as the son of God, the creator of this world. But yet in his human journey, God the Father knew that if he was going to make it, if he was going to keep the confidence and keep the encouragement and experience life as it was designed to be experienced for him, he needed affirmation. And so God looked down at Jesus and said, I want you to know I love you. I know you're going through hell on earth. I know it, but I love you. And, and I'm, I'm pleased with who you're becoming and what's going on. And it was this life-emboldening thing for Jesus on this earth. And there's something else. This is just a side note, but he didn't do it privately, though I'm sure it was done privately at times. In this particular case, he did it publicly. There's absolutely no greater affirmation than we can give anyone we love, whether it's a a worker, an employee, a spouse, or a kid, than to affirm them in front of people they care about. One of the things I always try and do is, I do try and affirm personally and privately, but I always want to affirm publicly and often I, I in their presence will talk to people they care about or people that have influence over them and I'll say do you know what kind of contribution this person is making do you know what this person has done you'd be so proud of them and then I give this comment this is what God was doing this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased when you start doing this with your children they're going to long to be around you because they want to be affirmed they'll say he's my dad and God does it based on inside things. Look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord does not look at things like man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. Is he a good football player? Is he a good basketball player? Is he a good student? Is he doing this? Is he doing that? But the Lord looks at the heart. And I believe it's high time that dads start caring about and affirming and appreciating the heart of their children instead of just the activities of their kids. Do you know why the big football player says mom into the camera and not dad? Because... That mom would have loved that kid as much if he had never amounted to anything than if he was this big football player. But dad was all about the football. Now, I know that's generalization, but it's often true. It's why we get ties and mom gets expensive gifts. I mean, come on. It's why it happens. By the way, can you tell I'm just a little bitter? Just a little. If we're going to love like a dad, it, it needs recognition. It needs recognition. A father should recognize and correct wrong behavior, for sure, because that's a responsibility of the person who has the position of father. However, fathers need to go beyond that and also recognize and remember when their kids did something right. And here's what I found. Most of us are vociferous in addressing what's wrong 
but we ignore that which is right. And the truth is most of our kids do 99% what's right and 1% what's wrong. And what do we focus on? The 1%. And the same thing in business, the same thing in all of our relationships, but man, especially dad to kid. And what we need to do is we need to focus on and recognize the things they're doing right, even to a greater degree than the things they're doing wrong, and we'll see them wanting to do right. In fact, some kids do what's wrong all the time because it's the only time they get noticed. We need to notice them doing what's right. And look at how God does. He remembers what we've done right. Hebrews 6.10, God's not unjust. He's not going to forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help with them. He notices what's right. A beautiful thing. If we're going to ultimately go from just being a position of father over our kids' lives to truly being a dad, we have to go just beyond loving them like a dad. We have to know our children like a dad. We have to know our children like a dad. And I used this passage last weekend, but I think it's very apropos this weekend. Look at Matthew 10.30. This is speaking of God towards us. He knows the very hairs on our head. Every one of them is numbered. Now that's an attention to detail. You think he knows us? He knows the scars inside and outside. He knows who we are and what we're like. And if we're going to truly be dads to our kids, we need to know them. We need to know when they're hurting, when they're disappointed. We need to know when they're happy and they're celebrating. We need to know when they're disgusted. We need to know all these things because when we know our children, we can relate to them on the right level. Fathers don't care how the kid feels. Fathers don't care what they're going through. They just lay down the law, tell them what to do, hold out their expectations. That's what fathers do, and sometimes that's right and appropriate, but dads care how they feel. Is there something more important to address right now? We need to know our children. If we're going to go from being a father to a dad, we must listen to our kids like a dad. We have to listen to our kids like a dad. This is true in every relationship. Make application, but to a dad, it's big. Look at God the Father, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, if we're, if we're not just trying to do our own thing and use him like the genie in the bottle, he hears us. Look at 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God is willing to listen. Now, now think about this, and I, I know I've got a unique way of looking at the world. It's, well, bizarre, strange, and one day I will be judged for it. But here's the thing. God's pretty busy. You know, he's pretty busy. Well, along with the issues of dealing with all the problems in the universe, you know, he has more children than the typical dad. He just didn't know when to call it quits. You know, I mean, it's like, he's got a lot of kids, and You need to know, he's trying to adopt more. In fact, some of you are here and you don't know him as father. You don't know him as Abba Father. You need to know, he's already filled out the paperwork to adopt you. You just have to sign your name to it. You just have to accept him as your dad. I mean, he's got all this stuff going on and all these kids, and yet he's always willing to listen. Now, I... I get it that we don't have God's capacities. You know, it's like he can listen to a billion people at the same time and do it. I get it. But I think there's an important lesson in the fact that God does listen. It's important to him. If we're going to be more than just a father and become a dad, we need to listen. We should be available to our kids for them to share their heart with us. 
Now, I have to tell you, I did some of this well, and I did some of it very, very poorly. One of the things I did well is when, when my kids were younger, I, I told those working with me, if one of my kids calls, I want it coming through no matter what I'm doing. I want them to know that work is never an obstacle for them, that I love them more than my job. I really wanted them to know that, and that's a good thing. I thought that was a pretty good deal. The only problem was when they got me on the phone, um, if I'm honest, I was quicker to lecture than I was to listen. In fact, it got really, really bad because, you know, I, I'm a quick processor and I'd heard their whine or I'd do this and I'd know exactly what they needed to do to solve their problem. They weren't calling me to solve their problem. They were calling me to talk. A father solves their problem. A dad listens. And I had a problem with this. And so my kids actually, over time, and I didn't realize I was this superficial and predictable and redundant, but my kids started numbering my lectures. You know, they come home and they go, Dad gave me 301 today. Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, and I had some hand gestures I wanted to give them, quite frankly. But here, I, I, a, a real dad listens, listens. And here's the point. A dad must listen to his kids or else he will ultimately not be listened to by his kids. I had all these great lectures for my kids, but many of them never got heard because I wasn't listening to their heart. A father becomes a dad when he listens like God. Dads, listen to you. If we're going to ultimately go from being a father to a dad, we must invest in our children like a dad. We must invest in our children like a dad. Deuteronomy 6 is really the, the foundational passage of this whole series, Instafam. Look at verses 7 through 9. Impress God's truths, God's values on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Morning, noon, and night at work on recreation days. In fact, tie them as symbols on your hands. Let them be a reflection of every activity. Bind them on your foreheads. Let them be reflective of every one of your thoughts. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Let it be reflective of how you do life, of what that home is represented by. In other words, yeah, make it the words of your mouth, but even more importantly, make it the example of your life, right? Look at John 13, 15. Jesus says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. We must invest in our children like a dad. You know what a father does? A father tells his kids what they have to do. Do you know what a dad does? Shows his kids how to live. There's a big difference. You see, the most powerful teaching a father can give flows out of the lives they're living now think about it. Fathers tend to keep their lives hidden and closed. I don't have to tell you why I'm your father, because I said so. They tend to keep their lives hidden and closed. They tend to avoid answering the question why. After all, they're the father, you're just the kid. And I think it's often because they really don't have the answer. <laughs> and so they just say, because I said so. Because I think often fathers just make up stuff to control instead of, doing the right things to lead. Dads tend to open their lives to their kids and to show them why. They fall back on the relationship. And here's what I have found in my own journey, and maybe you found it in yours. Dads don't get the why question as much as fathers do. Because the kids know why. They're seeing it lived out. With fathers, it's different. That's a big deal. And I'm going to tell you, fathers lose because... Fathers have power in the moment and when the kids are present, but 
when the moment is gone and the kids are gone, they have no power over their kids' lives anymore. It's lost. But dads have power in the moment and forever because they have power when the kids are present and when they're gone because the kids want to be just like their dad. But they don't necessarily want to be with that guy called father. Here's the question I have for you. Which legacy do you want for your life? I don't want to be just a father. I've been given the role and I've been given the title and I have responsibilities that come with it and I need to play those out, but I don't want to be just a father. I want to be a dad. I want my kids to say, he's my dad. Gosh. But it takes a life. It takes a relationship. It's not automatic. It's earned. And, and I want you to know, because all of us fail. I've already shared some of my own failures in this regard. But I want you to know, this, this talk isn't given so you'll go away guilty and say, my gosh, did I blow it. I mean, it, it wouldn't be an encouragement to me if you came and say, wow, you pointed out everything I did wrong. Yeah, what, really? Well, I'm, you, you won't be back, right? Because I just encouraged you not at all. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to say, this is what the journey is. But here's the conclusion I want you to get so you don't walk away discouraged. It's never too late. It's never too late. Never. Because this isn't a one-time experience when our kids are three. This is a lifelong experience even when our kids are 60. Because as they see us transitioning, as they see us transforming, as they see us changing, as they see us investing, not just as a father, but a dad, literally, it rocks their world. And I have found the older the child, when the dad, the father, is transforming, the bigger the impact. I can't believe my dad's saying, I love you. I can't believe my dad's listening. I can't believe, but you're 75, I know, you know? It's never too late. And I want to give you two applications of this. They're simple, but they're important. So hang in. No matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in life, and some of us are in really bad places right now, no matter where you are in life, you can know God as your Abba Father. You can know him as your Abba Father, as your, as your spiritual daddy. You don't, there, I find some people come into environments like this, come into Northridge, and you're trying to earn a relationship with God. You know, I'll even come to Northridge if that's what it takes. I mean, that's not going to do it. In fact, you're probably getting check marks against you for being here. I don't know. But no matter where you are, he's already signed the adoption papers. He's already done everything necessary for you to become his child. Literally, he died on the cross for your sin. And then he rose again to give you new life. And all you have to do is accept his desire for you to be his kid. Look at John 1.12. But as many as received him, just received him. By believing in Jesus' name. By believing in what Jesus did on the cross and in the resurrection. They're given the right to become children of God. I believe some of you right now, you might know about God as father, but you don't know God as daddy. It's time. Why not open your life to him now? So just before I give you the last application, would you bow with me in a word of prayer? And as we bow, just take my words and make them the expression of your heart to God. You don't have to say it out loud, just to God. Just say, God, 
I want to receive you into my life right now. And I, I believe that, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sin. I'm guilty. I'm a mess. But I'm asking that you forgive my sin and you give me new life. I'm trusting you. Help me to be a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed with me, don't keep it a secret, please. Let us know. Let us help you. And we're not going to obnoxiously, you know, come to your home and intrude in your life. But in the program we gave you, if you're in one of our live services, is this connection card. And you just take it out, you fill it out. And on the bottom, it says, today I prayed to receive Jesus. Just put a check mark in that circle. And then there are boxes strategically located at every single exit. Just throw it in there. And we'll send you a letter about next steps that you can take in your relationship with God. Please let us know. And if you're watching church online, just hit the what next button. We'll do the same exact thing for you. We'd love to take part in helping you to know what to do next. And then there's this last conclusion. It's never too late for you to go from being a father to a dad. In fact, I want you to know this. No matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in life, you can still become a dad. No matter where. And I want you to know, this goes beyond your biological and your adopted children. It really does. Because it's true with your kids, and you should start there. But it's true with other people. Do you know how many people are looking for someone who loves them like a dad, who listens to them like a dad, who invests in them like a dad? There are two kinds of fathers, two kinds of dads. There's the biological dad, and then there's the cardiological dad. And people in your workplace, people in your community, and people in your home are looking for the cardiological dad. And it comes when you play the role well. I hope you will. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.